Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Blush. My name is Hiva, and I'm joined by my friend Rojin. Rojin, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Like Sam farted. <laughs> I'll show you two. <laughs> All right, let's maybe get her out of the room. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. Um, I'm joined by Rojin. Rojin, how are you? <laughs> doing great thank you thanks for having me yeah thank you for being here oh also if anyone listening celebrates christmas merry christmas eve merry christmas eve to you rojin rojin do you celebrate or when did your family move here from iran so we moved in the summer of 1993 so it was right before i was starting second grade oh okay and we went from Tehran, Iran to Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> wow. So yes. you didn't go straight to Great Falls or No, whatever. no, okay. no. We were there um, for a couple years because my dad was getting his master's at West Virginia University, mm-hmm. um, which is in Morgantown. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we were there for a couple years while he was finishing that up. <clears throat> and that was really my first uh, introduction to Christmas. Because, you know, even though there are Christians in Iran, like one of my mom's best friends growing up um, was Armenian and she was Christian and she would celebrate Christmas. It wasn't, um, I didn't really know much about it until, you know, we moved to West Virginia. And that was my first introduction to the holiday. And it was such a great introduction. And... Like, I think all the warm, fuzzy feelings that I have about this time of year is because of those earliest memories of being in Morgantown and, um, you know, having the Christmas parties in your classroom and then all the houses being decorated and everything. Mm. And it was it was really nice. It was really magical. Did your family celebrate it? Like, did you guys get a tree? Did you do presents? Did you do everything? So, yes. Um, One of the things that I actually am super grateful for um, in terms of like the way my parents raised my sister and I is that we, I think, assimilated really well. Um, Mm -hmm. We, you know, anytime, you know, there was a holiday, for example, that was coming up, of course, I would first hear about it in school. And then I would go home and tell my parents like, oh, Halloween is coming up and this is what we do at Halloween and Thanksgiving and, you know, et cetera. Um, And they were just very ready and willing to say, "Okay, you need a Christmas tree. We'll get a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. You get presents, you get presents, you know. So, um, yeah, from like the first year, just like, I know, I told my parents that this is what all the other kids are doing in school. And they're like, sure, let's do it. Um, so yeah, because of that, we've just, we've kept doing it, um, ever since that year. So Mm -hmm. long time. How about your family? So I was born in Germany and I went to a German, either kindergarten or preschool. It's backwards there, but it's two years before the first grade. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, 
I'll just call it kindergarten because that's what they called it there. Um, the kindergarten teacher told my mom, she was like, listen, we are taking time off for Christmas. When we get back, everyone's going to talk about their tree and their presents and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think you should get one and do it because otherwise she'll feel super left out and she's already like yeah. <laughs> she's already having a really hard time. So let's not add to it. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a great teacher. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was necessary. I like I only have flashbacks of that time and just how awkward it was and how mm-hmm how much I mean I didn't speak German until that year right and then you know I go to this German kindergarten the first day of kindergarten the first German words I learned were geh nach Hause Ausländer which means go home foreigner (gasps) yeah like seriously yeah wow yeah wow so wow, I did not know that okay yeah no um you know I don't want to generalize but at the time in Germany, they did not have um, the easiest time accepting foreigners. Especially, mm. there are a lot of Turkish people there, and they really, really don't like the Turkish people there. I think it's a similar dynamic to South Americans in the mm-hmm. U.S., where they're just like willing to work, so they're taking a lot of jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Iranians look a good deal like mm-hmm. Turkish people. So yes. all that mixing. Yeah. <laughs> One time my brother um, was punched on the subway in Germany and no. he was like, why'd you punch me? And the dude was like, I'm sorry, I just really hate Turkish people. My brother was like, OK, well, I'm not Turkish. I'm Persian. And he was like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> now I will apologize yeah. for assaulting you. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's well, well, I'm so sorry that that happened. And, you know, when I tell people that I lived in Morgantown, West Virginia, I think those are the kinds of stories they're expecting to hear from me. Mm -hmm. But I actually had like two of the best years of my life. And I don't I have thought about this so much. Like, like, why was it such a um, accepting environment? And my classrooms were actually like pretty diverse, which again, I don't know if it was because it was like a college town and, you know, or like, you know, the grad school. So there were a lot of foreigners coming in to, you know, settle down there with their families while they were getting their degrees. Um, But I think the concept of otherness and being different didn't really click for me until I had moved to Northern Virginia and like, especially after September 11th. Um, right but no Morgantown was like this is America this is great like wow yeah Yeah, I definitely would not have thought that yeah that's so nice when did the concept of otherness click in for you do you remember like anything specific or no um well I think it goes back to um my physical appearance being like different from your, I guess, stereotypical American, you know, blonde mm-hmm. hair, blue eyes. Um, because that is what I was picked on for the most in elementary school. So the bullying and everything that I experienced in elementary school was because I looked different. Like all my friends or everyone in my classroom um, really had that like stereotypical American appearance. Is that Sam? Yeah. Can you open the door for her? This podcast is just being hijacked by (laughs) Samantha. What is that? She's like, I have something very important to say about my feeling of otherness. (laughs) When did you first find out that you're other? Well, it all started with noticing that I had a tail. The rest of my family doesn't seem to have one. (laughs) Is that right, Sam? Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. Um, So yeah, that's when it actually really started for me um, getting bullied because I had the dark hair and like, you know, we Persians are blessed with a lot of things, but you know bodily or facial hair is definitely one of them um 
yeah, so I started getting picked on for that. And then that, I think, really set something off for me that like, oh, like in order to not be an other, I have to look a certain way. And I think that's where my obsession with blonde highlights came from, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like which I, you know, just went and had touched up. Um, I just like it's really ingrained in me that like I, I can't be too dark. Like, you know, oh, yeah. Um, even like clothing wise, like I know like the stereotype for Persians is like, oh, you wear all black or whatever. But like I'm just like, give me all the pastel colors. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah. a happy girl. So, um, yeah, that's when it started elementary school. And um, I think September 11th uh, mm-hmm. definitely made people more cognizant of where other people are from, especially people right. who physically look different. Um, so I, I would say that it, yeah, for me, the otherness like peaked in elementary school. And then like with September 11th, there was like another peak and then college too. So like I went to, to college in Southern Virginia mm-hmm. and, um, that was, I mean, talk about culture shock, like moving from Tehran to Morgantown was not a culture shock, but moving from, uh, Northern Virginia to Harrisonburg, Virginia was a culture shock. I mean, that, you know, I was in classrooms with people who literally had never even heard of Iran. They were like, oh, yeah. where's that? What is that? Isn't that the same thing as like Iraq? Cause we had just invaded Iraq, um, mm-hmm. Iraq at that time. Um, so yeah, I've had like peaks and valleys of like that otherness, um, coming up, but, um, and I think that's actually kind of why Christmas has always been my favorite time of year. Um, because I feel like that just sort of takes a backstage for the most part. Um, Mm. and people are just, everyone, you know, is in a good mood for the most part. And that feeling of like togetherness is emphasized more, um, so I think that also is one reason why, yeah, I just love love this time of year. Right. Uh, okay, I have so much I want to comment on. Um, first off, with the skin color, I remember when I was a kid, when we would go on vacation, I would put on so much sunblock because mm. I didn't want to get any color. Like, I always wanted to be whiter. Um, also very rough phase of my life when we first moved to America when I was in the sixth grade I bought sun in and I put it in my hair and it turned orange (laughs) (laughs) my mom got so mad at me I was like you should have compassion I'm the victim here (laughs) I started putting lemon juice because my there was no way that I could go and like buy that stuff my like parents wouldn't allow it so I was like hmm lemon juice Easy oh I tried lemon juice kitchen. first and then I don't know like I think like Sunin didn't say anything about coloring your hair or whatever mm-hmm. so I think I managed to somehow buy it oh yeah I, I don't remember exactly how it went down but um yeah very unfortunate very unfortunate <laughs> also I should like I should have mentioned this probably in the beginning of the episode, but we got so sidetracked by Samantha. So Rojin and I went to high school together. That's where oh, we met yes. in yeah. Northern Virginia. And do you? So our high school had a huge Persian population. That's actually kind of how we know each other. We met through, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think I had made a couple of. Arab friends in my yes. grade yep and they're like oh you're Persian you should meet Rojin yeah and those that was the first time that I had friends who looked like me oh wow like ever because in really? my school well in my school in Germany there were a few Persian people there was mm-hmm. one kid in my grade mm-hmm. and fifth grade we were in the same circle of friends mm-hmm. basically but you know it wasn't like I'd Japanese friends like first and second grade mm-hmm. but I didn't really have Persian friends oh that's not true I had one Lebanese friend in the sixth grade but mm-hmm. she's very you know how some ethnic people don't look that ethnic yes definitely yeah she's one of those oh yeah I think Lebanese people tend to have like there's like a certain group of Lebanese people um this is getting very race heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that was 
so not the intention of this podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. We're going to talk about race. Um, no, but I do, those people, I think, have an easier time. Yes, they do. They definitely do. I, like, it's that simple. You know, one of my best friends is Greek. Mm-hmm. And she... She she looks pretty ethnic, beautiful, beautiful girl, like absolute, like one of the prettiest girls mm. you'll see. Her little sister is almost identical to her, only like she just looks whiter mm. than her sister. But like other than that, almost fully identical. And I was talking to my friend about it. We'll call her Kelly. And I was like, Kelly, do you think your sister has had an easier life? I was just going to ask that. And like, there's literally the only difference is she just looks whiter. And she was like 1000% Wow! in every single way. And oh like, it's gosh. not like she's hotter. They look, they're right. almost identical twins. Like just it's not like she's hotter. It's not like she's mm-hmm. smarter. It's nothing except for that. She just looks whiter. Wow. And she's like, she's had an easier time making friends. Like she's like more socially mm-hmm. adapted. Like she's treated better by teachers, mm-hmm. parents, everyone. Like she just has had opportunities in life that weren't pre- present for me. How sad is that? Oh my God. Within one family. Sisters. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You know, I think actually, um, now that I think about it, so my sister, you know, we have like six years in between us, right? So when I um, had finished high school, um, she, and I was off to college, she was just like finishing up middle school. Um, and you would think that like an event like September 11th happening between the two of us, the person who was going to get maybe picked on or like you know those like stupid racist jokes and stuff like I would be the one who's getting the brunt of them but she she really did actually from from Mm. her group of friends I think like they thought it was funny because they're friends and they would just like call her very inappropriate Mm, like Middle Eastern you know yeah yeah. um, but she is significantly more olive and darker than me she has darker Mm. hair she has like darker skin so um I yeah I never thought about it that way until you mentioned the sisters but yeah that could very well been the reason why unfortunately yeah yeah that is interesting okay I feel like we should lighten it up a little (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> where are we gonna go from here? <laughs> Maybe Sam can fart again to lighten the mood. <laughs> Sam, come back! Did she leave? <laughs> she did. Even Sam is like, nope, <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> Also, yes. if it's your first time listening, Sam is my dog, Samantha, so <laughs> that's that's what's going on. She's just <laughs> trying to guest star in this episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so we were going to talk about uh, Yalda as well. Yes. So that's kind of, I mean, it's funny when, when, I think America tried to be a little more PC with holidays. They're like, okay, like Christians have Christmas and, uh, you know, Jewish people have Hanukkah, which whatever, <laughs> um, like uh, sometimes falls around this time. Right, right. And, you know, Muslims often celebrate Ramadan <laughs> around this time. Like it's not really a celebration, but okay. <laughs> Just throw it in the mix. <laughs> But what Iranians do have that actually is every year around this time is Shabe Yalda, which is the winter solstice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does Yalda mean? Shab means night. Oh, gosh. Do you know? I have no No. idea. I feel like I should know, but I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't. don't, Sorry, mom. No judgment. (laughs) Sorry, ancestors that are rolling in their graves that don't know these things. Um, I think it's also referred to as Shabbat Shalit. Oh, okay. Which I also don't know what that means. It's like 40 days from something. (laughs) (laughs) Should I call my parents? Should we get them on the podcast? (laughs) 
been great talking to you all. That's my cue. Bye. Um, yeah, no, I don't know what those things uh, mean. But what I do know, mm-hmm. what I do mm-hmm. know is that, um, so Persian holidays are very much rooted in the Zoroastrian religion, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the Zoroastrian religion really um, focuses on the changing of seasons and cycles mm-hmm. and um, it's actually really beautiful. So yeah, um, the two main um, holidays that we celebrate um, are, you know, the changing of winter to spring. So we have um, vernal equinox, which is Noru's. And then what I like to think of is like the kind of slightly less popular, like sister or brother of Noru's, which is mm-hmm. Yada, and that celebrates winter solstice. Um, which is, you know, the winter um, starting in the Northern Hemisphere. Right. Um, And it's, you know, super, super old holiday. And it's actually celebrated outside of Iran, too. You know. Oh, really? Well, I know, like, some... What's the word? Like, Celtic-type traditions celebrate the winter yeah. solstice and they call it things Yule, like that. Yeah, Yule, Yule, like there's all those. Yeah. I know that. Um, but obviously traditions are different. Yeah, uh, it's celebrated uh, in Iran uh, regardless of people's religion. So, you know, like mm. Jewish Iranians, Christian Iranians, you know, everybody celebrates it. It's a very um, important time for everybody to gather around with their families and it's um, the longest night of the year. Right. And um, one one of the reasons why it's uh, an important shift um, is because it's essentially the days are going to start becoming longer slowly. So it's supposed to represent the light overcoming the dark. Oh. Um, yeah. I've not heard that. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, people gather around with their families and there are certain foods that you're supposed to eat um on that night like pomegranate you, yeah so my family does like pomegranate and watermelon mm-hmm. and the way my mom told it to me is during the winter you're eating a lot of warming foods so these are exactly. cooling foods to counteract yeah is that, okay yeah um and then there's also like the mix of nuts and um like dried fruits, the ajil. Mm. So I think it's also, you know, you're supposed to eat that on that night specifically as well. Oh, I didn't so know it's that. All... So it's kind of like a trail mix. You yeah. One could exactly. think of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a trail mix. Um, and, you know, you're you're supposed to stay up um, as late as you can, again, because it's the longest night of the year. So I guess people just assume like, okay, you're going to be having a lot of um, warm foods like the nuts so then it yeah it gets balanced out by the pomegranate and the watermelon Mm -hmm. um and uh there's also a tradition of the older people in the family um telling stories throughout the whole night um Mm -hmm. and because it's you know the start of winter it's typically uh cold the weather is cold so everybody would gather around this like big blanket that had a heater um, underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, not really fire safe, I guess. I didn't think about it, but I used to love that in Iran. Did you? Okay, so my my mom tried so hard, bless her heart, to recreate that here for us, but we were never able to. Like it just, like whatever we used was either again a fire hazard <laughs> or like. It just wouldn't get warm enough. So you you were actually able to do that. In Iran? I did it in Iran. Oh, wow. I, my parents okay. never even attempted to recreate oh. it here. I don't like. I'd come back from Iran. They're like, yeah, that's an Iran thing. We're not doing that here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, and it's um, it's called a corsi, right? Yeah. yeah. I I thought it was just. Like, because I'm from the north in Iran. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought it was a regional thing for us. I'm actually surprised to hear that you guys did it too. Yeah, no. We, okay. We did it. Um, and Wait, we also do something else in Hamadan, which I don't, I think might just be a Hamadani thing. Mm-hmm. Um, angushed peach. 
No, Do you know what I that is? That. No, I don't. It's very, very, very similar to marshmallow fluff. Oh, okay. It's made by like beating egg whites with sugar and like we use um, rose water instead of uh-huh. vanilla. Uh-huh. And it just, it's like a liquidy marshmallow. Like it's very much like marshmallow fluff and then they decorate it. I think we do it for Shabayalda oh. and that's like, I mean, I was told it was just a Hamadan thing. Mm. And then you just eat it like with a spoon or you dip stuff into it? Peach. With your finger? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where the name comes from. Because <laughs> oh um, no, it, it's that, that texture where if you dip a finger, it like whip around your finger. Oh. No, I think, I don't remember how you eat it. Should I call my parents? <laughs> <laughs> Again, good night, everybody. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be surprised because like, I, I think Iranians like to do their things with their fingers. Like, you know, at um, the Sofre Act, when people are getting married. Oh, yeah. When, you honey. know, the, yeah, when the couples are supposed, after they've said their vows, the first thing they're supposed to do is to give one another something sweet to eat. So they'll dip their pinkies in honey and feed it to, feed each, it other. to each other. Yeah, it's really sweet. Um, my dad is very, like, bad food. He's very, like, what's, what's the translation of that? Like, he's very, like, uh, <laughs> not like I don't like We're to say OCD because that's a medical condition. Uh-huh. Um, he's very germ phobic and stuff. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Very ahead of his time, I would say, for us now. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's really like if someone's preparing food, and by someone I mean me, my mom, like uh-huh. people who you know he are in his family. Yeah. If we're not wearing gloves, he won't eat it really yeah so they have like a costco box of like kitchen gloves yeah like food handling gloves at all times yeah he so i guess he's just really enjoying life since the pandemic started finally everyone's on my level (laughs) (laughs) i told you guys you should not be doing this and i'm right again Uh, we're, okay, yeah, so, yeah, I certainly wasn't f- dipping my finger into anything growing yeah. up. He would <laughs> not have liked that. Um, okay, but Shabayada, my family also does Fala uh, Hafez on oh, Shabayada, yes. does yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very big in my family. So Hafez is a Persian poet, Yes. Right? Yeah. One of the more famous ones. Like him and Rumi are the two like super, super famous, right? Like mainstream famous Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. Mainstream. Um, (laughs) Wait, I just thought of something. (laughs) But I want to finish out this thought before (laughs) I move on. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go on a little (laughs) bit of a tangent. Do you ever see people like the type of people who made you feel inferior uh-huh. for being foreign who are yes. now like super like new age spiritual like throwing out roomy quotes and uh-huh. stuff and you're like fuck yes. you <laughs> you bullied yes. me for having a unibrow yes. and now you go get your eyebrows tattooed <laughs> to be thicker and like you know got your yes. 200 hour yoga oh certification God. and now you're throwing around quotes of a poet from my culture <laughs> yes oh my gosh so your listeners might recall i don't know how many episodes back this was where heva referenced a friend <laughs> Who was quite angry that a lot of the girls that um, were, like, the mean girls in our high school were all, like, certified yoga instructors and had these apps that were just, like, supposed to make you feel empowered and good about yourself. So, yeah, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes, it's so... Oh, I don't even know like what the word would be for it. It's just it's it's like a slap in the face, you yeah. know. And it's just um, all the yeah that feeling of otherness that they made you feel because you just celebrated different things and you know you had other priorities. For example, like when weekends came around, you know we would do the mehmunis, like the family gatherings, and my like non-Iranian friends was like, what's a mehmuni? Like, why do you have to go? Like, you don't understand. Like, it's 
life or death. I have to be present for every family gathering. Um, yeah, and now they're just like, oh, Rumi, what yeah. you seek is seeking you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love and light. Like, no, bitch. <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, I do... Like there, there are things that I've changed in myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think there are people who could look at my Instagram and be like, "This girl is posting about healthy eating." Like I remember when all she ate were like Twinkies once every other day. You know what I've I mean? Nev- like she I've has known you for like almost what twenty years. I don't think I've ever seen you eat a Twinkie. <laughs> But okay. I don't know why that came to mind <laughs> of all things. I used to eat a lot of gummy candy. But you know, like we weren't physically close like when I had the when I was at the worst of my eating disorder. So uh-huh. during that time, like I wouldn't eat and then I'd eat like gummy candy. Like mm-hmm. definitely not the poster child for healthy eating. Yeah. So I can see how someone could look at that and be like, that's so hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Of course it's because I went through that, that I came out on this side. So I do hold hope that those girls may be like reflected on their behavior and they're like, wow, I was a real bitch and like really made people feel shitty. I really hope so too. Yeah. I think that, um, is what I'm holding holding on to not to feel, um, like I guess triggered by, you know, it's almost like, um, not Stockholm syndrome, but just like, you know, you like the thing that they did to you is now what they're using to like empower other people, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. And it, but it does. And I know I've talked about this before, so we're not going to harp on it for too long. It just, it does feel like wellness is so trendy now. Yes. The, yes. the girls who, like, at that time, it was, like, kind of cooler to, like, be a mean girl. Mm-hmm. They were mean girls then, and now they're like, oh, this is what's in? Okay, like, I, you know, I can go to Bali and, <laughs> you know, take some yoga Always classes Bali. and get certified and, like, right. you know, put, like, a lotus flower tattoo on my arm and... <laughs> Check all the boxes. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're sending them love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, hopefully hopefully it is the better situation. Yeah. Okay. Back to Shabby <laughs> Let's see. We covered race. <laughs> Our high school trauma. <laughs> Back to Yanda. Yeah. Eating disorders. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> What else can we get into that's heavy? <laughs> uh, okay, so Hafiz, um, there's this book of his poetry, and basically we kind of use it as a way to do like a, like think of an alternative to tarot. So you like mm. set an intention or ask a question and then open the book to a page and whatever poem it lands on kind of gives you an answer. Is that that's that's my experience of it. Would you add or change anything to that, Roshi? Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what my family does as well. Um, and my dad is a big poetry buff. So he also really like when he recites the poetry, it's like, the candles have to be lit and like the <laughs> mood has to be set and like he really there's like a certain way that you're supposed to um say the the words I guess they like might even sound a little bit different or the pronounce mm-hmm. slightly differently when you're saying it when you're reciting it as poetry mm-hmm. so that is like super huge and then it's like okay let me see what you're what the new year is going to hold for you or like, you know, what life has in store for you. So, um, both of those have like always stood out for me, like memory wise with, with Yalda, my dad's mood setting and yeah. poetry recitation. And then, um, yeah. What, what does Hafez have to say about me? This man that who's been dead for, I don't know, I mean, thousands of years. Yeah. Let's see what he has to say about my work trouble <laughs> or my relationship. Do you, when you get a Hafez reading, do you, um, Fatihah Barosh Mukhuni? Do you? No, that. My mom always does that. Really? So in Islam, there's a prayer that you say, mm-hmm. or it's a combination of certain prayers for dead people. Mm-hmm. And so every time my mom wants to do a reading for me, she's like, Fatihah Barosh Mukhuni. Really? Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay, well, I so mean, that might ma- just be a my mom thing. <laughs> that might be a regional thing. No, Who I knows? Mean, you know, it, it, no, it makes sense because um, I actually kind of only recently found this out. But the reason why he is called Hafez is because he memorized the entire Quran. So, like, anybody in that day and age that memorized the entirety of the Quran was called a Hafez. And, yeah, so, like, it would make sense because, you know, I guess he was just so devoted. He was, like, a scholar, too, um, that you would do that. So, oh, that's really nice that your mom made sure you did that. Yeah. (laughs) Religion is not a... um, let's just say, a likable topic in my family. So I guess Mm. even if it was a thing, I guess my family just was like, no, we're not going to do that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. I wonder, I'm going to ask her about it, like how common Mm -hmm. that is, or if, I mean, it's possible she just made it up. Or, you know, some things just get passed down. Speaking of passed down, (laughs) I think about this a lot. So, you know, growing up, like, yeah, we got the Christmas tree, whatever, but we weren't, my family just wasn't, and this is not me knocking my parents at all, mm-hmm. but they just weren't, you know, like the families on TV, like we're not like baking cookies and putting it in the chimney and stuff like that. And Wait, wait, <laughs> you don't put the cookies in the chimney. You make the cookies and you put them on a table <laughs> next to the chimney so when Santa comes to <laughs> Thing. Same thing. Clearly, one of us had more of a <laughs> like American. I, I'm so distant that I don't even know what the ritual is. Like, I was about to go on top of the roof and like throw <laughs> shit down the chimney. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. If that was adorable. <laughs> By the fireplace. By the fire. Yes, is that correct? Yes. yes, that is correct. Move on. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I sometimes think about like what traditions I saw growing up that I would want to do like once I have a family of my own. And that doesn't necessarily include kids, mm-hmm. but just, you know, once once I'm doing things. And I mean, I've started doing thanksgiving on my own i guess the past Mm -hmm. two years and this year i mean it was just three of us but we played a really fun game Mm -hmm. and so i was kind of thinking like oh that could be a new thanksgiving tradition that i do where we Mm. like play this fun game um are there is there anything that you look at and again i'm not speaking about kids necessarily but just in your now family life with your husband you would want to do Oh, that's a really good question. Um, And it doesn't have to be Christmas specific. Like, I'll share one that I thought was really fun Uh (laughs) that this girl I went to high school with did for Easter. They got... This is so dumb. I can't believe I'm sharing this. Also, we're having this really nice, wholesome conversation. It's about to take a really weird turn. So for (laughs) Easter, her family each got one of those like Heineken mini kegs. I think they hold like seven beers Uh and they like painted and decorated it and hit it. And then they did a keg hunt, an Easter keg hunt instead of an egg hunt as a family and like drink all the beers. And I hope they weren't doing this when the kids were like five and (laughs) (laughs) like under legal drinking age. I honestly don't like it must have been when she was in college okay or later it must have been because it was on like Facebook I don't think she would have put it on Facebook if she was like 14 (laughs) Um, but so I remember being like oh what a cute like family bonding thing Uh now I don't know if I'd want to do that specifically Mm -hmm. but I do like there are certain things that have always popped out to me where I'm like oh how fun like I I don't know I'd want to do a lot more with games personally no games are great yeah um yeah I think my family um okay this is my my mom's gonna kill me I'm not that she would be listening to this (laughs) I'll text her to her (laughs) (laughs) what Kurt Roshin said (laughs) can you believe it (laughs) 
so so this is not with like my I guess current immediate family, which would be me, my husband, and our pet rabbit, <laughs> but um, my family of origin. Um, so my mom, <laughs> Christmas Day, she loved to put on. <laughs> oh my she loved to wear this like fake Santa like beard and then she had this like specific bell <laughs> that she really liked to ring like Christmas morning to wake us up and she would go into my room and my Aww. sister's room and she'd just be like Merry Christmas <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, when we were younger, like it's it's you know it's exciting, it's fun, whatever. But then, like as we got older, and she was doing it, sometimes like you know we're not gonna get up at like six a.m. like little kids do to like go open presents, right? You know, but she still wanted us to do that. So it's just a lot of arguing ensued after <laughs> after the the bell in our ears as we're half asleep. Um, but I guess yeah, that's kind of like. Really, that is really cute. dorky tradition, I guess, that my family did. Um, but for for now, um, I think you know, I kind of have like a unique um, scenario right now because my husband moved to the U.S. Um, about four years ago, so he's learning about all these traditions you know, from a clean slate. So I'm just seeing everything from his eyes now. Mm -hmm. Um, So we haven't quite gotten to the point where, you know, he's so comfortable with everything that we're going to like, you know, start doing our own traditions. But so what we do is, you know, there's a lot of (laughs) learning that goes on. For example, the other night we, um, it was really beautiful weather actually in the evening it was not cold so we decided to go on a walk in our neighborhood and there's you know rows and rows of houses with christmas decorations and there was one particular house that um had a very large front yard and they just really went all out with the decorations so um they had in one section like full-on santa with all of his reindeer and the sleigh and everything so my husband notices that Rudolph has a red nose. And he's like, oh, how come he's the only one that has the <laughs> red nose? Wait, which, by the way, I don't actually know either. I just know the song, Rudolph the Red Nose Ranger. Yeah, I don't know if anybody that's... knows the origin of why he has a red nose. Like, Because that's very American <laughs> also. Like, I don't think we oh, did really? Rudolph in Germany. Oh. I don't think. And, like, elves and stuff like that we don't really talk about in really? Germany. Yeah. Oh, so, like, a lot was... of my knowledge of elves just comes from the Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> Very reliable source yeah. of, of elves. But, yeah, so, sorry, continue. So, yeah, I, I'm learning here with him <laughs> in real time. Well, okay, so I, I, I don't know the origin of why Rudolph had his red nose. Maybe, like, it was infected. I don't know. <laughs> Someone punched him. I anyway. So it's it's red, and I'm I'm trying to explain to him like through the song actually. Well, you see, you know, Rudolph was different, and all the other reindeer picked on him, and then um, Santa chose him to lead his sleigh, and then everyone became his friend. And then he just looked at me after I finished giving that spiel, and he was like, "Oh my God, that's so dark. <laughs> Why were they bullying Rudolph?" <laughs> of the we were walking he was just so fixated on that he was like but but he just he couldn't help it that he had a red nose <laughs> he was born that way um Aww. so yeah it's it was it's kind of precious um so yeah it's almost like i'm i'm kind of back to you know the regime that moved to the u.s when she mm. was like seven seven and a half and she was learning about these things from from this um from scratch so it uh yeah i'm getting to do that again with him and um so we're we haven't quite gotten to the <laughs> the tradition stage but um just being able to explain to him you know like oh decorating a christmas tree is like this and you have the christmas tree up for these many days etc so okay okay so i am googling it 
god. <laughs> the origins of Rudolph's red nose. I I have some information. Is there a dissertation? Does someone have a PhD? <laughs> There's a lot of theories on it. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I can't what? wait to hear this. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a Christmas icon immortalized in books, songs, and films, but the cause of the beloved servant's crimson nose has often been the subject of festive debate. Um, So someone from a museum is saying that reindeers suffer with symptoms similar to a cold, such as coughing and spluttering. (laughs) Never even heard that word before. See, I knew there was a medical reason there had to be. But there's difference of opinions. Um, and maybe even that legendary red nose. The cause is not a common cold, however, but an infestation of fly larvae, <laughs> snot bots. <laughs> All the more reason why the bullying that he so it's, Poor He has snot bots, I guess, <laughs> that make his nose red. Now, there's other theories. Um this other website from the Children's Museum of Indianapolis says, Love them. Big uh, oh, actually, they're citing the British Medical Journal and Live Science. Uh-huh. In this. So, you know, um, they say, blah, blah, blah. What scientists found was that Rudolph... I'm sorry, what scientists found was that... Like, is Rudolph a real reindeer? Like, what's happening? Oh, my God. Is this a joke? Okay, whatever. I'm just going to read it. What scientists found was that Rudolph has a dense network of blood vessels in his nose. In fact... All reindeer, not just the most famous one of all, have 25% more capillaries that carry oxygen-rich blood to their nasal to their nasal area than humans. Oh, okay. I get like burst capillaries on my nose sometimes when I steam too much. Um, these capillaries regulate the internal body temperature of Santa's reindeer. When Rudolph is in extreme cold temperatures at the North Pole or flying through the sky high up in the atmosphere, the blood flow to his nose kept uh, helps keep him warm and his brain active, blah, blah, blah. But wouldn't all other reindeer exactly. be equally as red? So, yeah, we're going to say no to that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will get to the bottom of this. <laughs> this last one is um, Brighton College, the University of Brighton in the UK. Um, they say, so what makes Rudolph's nose red? It's a debate that has been raging for years. Oh my gosh, who knew this was such a contentious topic? (laughs) (laughs) And we thought we were hitting the heavy issues when we talked about race. Like, (laughs) move over, race. We have a bigger issue in town. Why is Rudolph's nose so red? Scientists previously thought that Rudolph's red nose was due to an excess of blood vessels supplying the reindeer's nasal passages caused by exertion of pulling a heavy load, like Santa's sleigh in his sack of gifts. I'm sorry, this is animal abuse. So we're now saying that Rudolph's nose is so red because he's being overly worked. Like, Santa, why can't you just fly and deliver this shit? Get a drone system. Like, what? Modernize. Come on. <laughs> this is very not 2021. I'm just saying, like, Santa needs to take a hard look at himself. Oh, my gosh. The poor reindeer. Oh, who would have known? Oh, my God. I can never listen to that Oh, but again. they have another theory. But researchers at the University of Brighton, um, actually specifically Dr. Neil Crooks and Dr. Angelo Pernetta seemed to be involved in this research. Um, I knew it. There had to be a dissertation somewhere. Oh, my God. This is... So they have another explanation. They say bioluminescence or the production of light as a result of chemical reaction similar to that produced by fireflies and some deep sea organisms that use light to trap uh, light traps to catch prey. Uh, <laughs> the study may appear frivolous. <laughs> No, really? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, I'm still not. Let me just skim this. Okay. Aha. Uh -huh. the, their conclusion was, and I quote, the fact that Rudolph's nose glows red had, has previously been noted as being advantageous in foggy conditions since it's the most visible color in fog, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not reading it right. Um, whilst we recognize <laughs> the central tenet of highly vascularized nasal mucusa in reindeer <laughs> helping regulate nasal heat exchange, we concluded that this is unlikely to be the causal factor of Rudolph's particularly iridescent appendage for multiple reasons. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still unsure. I'm just, this is... I'm just imagining someone like from a Persian family going to grad school and then inviting their parents to their dissertation. dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> and the parents are like, open the front, camera's ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> Our child has a science degree. He's a scientist. Like he's defending his dissertation. And then they're like, oh, you brought shame upon our entire family. <laughs> my god this wow i was uh, not expecting this conversation <laughs> now i will say that this theory does line up more closely with the song where they're saying he was chosen to fly the sleigh oh. because of his red nose right the um, other theory wouldn't make sense causally yes. like it's not because in the song you said he was chosen for the slate because of the right. red nose, right? So their theory does, um, you know, it has less holes, I guess, than some of the other ones we've had. <laughs> I feel like Kiva is not going to sleep tonight, and she's just going to no. This is what I'm doing the for internet. the rest of the day. Like Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> there are questions, and we have answers, um, or you know, we don't really have answers. All right, let's pull up like. At maximum two more and see if there's anything else interesting because <laughs> there's a lot out here. I feel like there would be a lot on Reddit. Reddit, you can just go down oh. so many black holes with this type of stuff. I bet you there's like already a thread. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little scared of Reddit. It can be kind of a negative space sometimes. I usually just go on the bunny page. <laughs> so <laughs> I just... Okay, like I, this is so embarrassing. Like sometimes when I'm watching TV and in particular reality TV, I'll uh -huh. Google things. And if you end up on reality TV, Reddit, like the <laughs> amount of shit that they talk, <laughs> it's so not okay. Like it's just, it's like, it's hard to read. Wow. It's just the meanest out outlooks on everything. <laughs> So, no, yeah, I'm a little, but one. it is a very useful place. Maybe I should make a Reddit account. Yeah. And then you can discuss Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> so this other site says something about bioluminescence. So that's something to look into, I guess. Um, aha. Okay. But why is Rudolph the only reindeer with a nose that glows? Mm. In the next section, we'll, we'll learn about how and why Rudolph has a muzzle like no other. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to read this whole thing here, but I think what the, the point they're trying to make is that it's like evolutionary like there it, there's an evolutionary advantage to having the red nose yes exactly Which you think it would be the opposite because for you know usually animals try to like blend into their environment right. so they don't get preyed upon well so. what kind of animals go after reindeer wait can i ask possibly the most Wolves. embarrassing question yes are reindeer like a real animal <laughs> It's just like the Christmas version of a deer. Oh my god, my face hurts from laughing. Oh my god. Oh, you poor, poor German born child who knows nothing about Christmas. Oh my 
god. No, they are real. Well, okay, the reason why I know they're real, this is kind of dark too. Not really. But basically my dad, like he was on a business trip to like Norway or Finland um pre-pandemic and he ate reindeer meat so it's like oh well i've had regular deer meat so, so how are they different from regular deer they just have more horns or whatever yeah i think they're bigger okay and they're in colder climates mm, and they're right, like makes hairier. Sense. North pole. Yeah. yeah oh right of makes course. sense <laughs> north pole <laughs> okay to break it to you but the north pole i mean the north pole is a thing but santa doesn't actually like live there where is santa no as in like he's not <laughs> oh he's not real no he's i know not. that <laughs> no i know that <laughs> i don't know the cookies <laughs> in the chimney is in our reindeer like that would have been so uncomfortable if i was just finding <laughs> i was chatting with the exterminator the other day <laughs> And like we we're talking about what we're doing for Christmas and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, um, I, I'm not, you know, going home." And he's like, "You know, I've gone every year uh, because my nieces and nephews all thought Santa was real, but like they just turned 13, and I think they're starting to find out." Or no, no, he goes, "I made sure to go last year because it was the last year that they would think Santa's real." And I was like, "Oh, how old are they? Expecting like four yeah. or something?" And he's like, 13. I was like. What? I'm sorry. No. What? How? They thought Santa was real at 12 years old? And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, kids have sex at 12 <laughs> years old. Like, do you know what the kids are out here doing at 12? You're telling me these children thought Santa was real? Do they, like, not let their children out of the house? I don't understand. Like, I feel like if you went to school and you were just, like, in society, like, by that age, you would know. Santa is definitely not real. <laughs> wow. Or is oh he? Oh, my God. I mean. <laughs> wow, what a sad Christmas they must have had. Or, well, maybe have. they still don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, at this point, let's just keep, like, you know, like, they could just grow into full-grown adults at this point. Who Like, do you know, like, my grandma was married at 12, you know? <laughs> She was on her way to popping out kids. <laughs> Growing a human inside of her while other other humans her age just don't know Santa's not real. Wow. Blows my mind. But yeah, I, I do know. My mom told me like not even that long after I found out what Santa was. So I was like, cool, you could have let me hang on to it for a year <laughs> or two, mom. <laughs> it's just unnecessary, really. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, there was one year, I mean, I had clearly, like, moved past the stage of believing in Santa, but I think it was, oh, I think I want to say I was in high school, where Google um, introduced their Santa tracker, where you could, like, follow <gasps> oh Santa, and I don't know why, for a split second, I was like, wait, maybe he is real, <laughs> because they're <laughs> tracking him, <laughs> like, <laughs> I definitely remember thinking that. Wait, also, <clears throat> before we wrap up, I just want to address this. And I will say I've read this before. It's not like my own unique observation. But why is it that Santa never goes to the house next door? Like he shows up, he drops shit <gasps> off or whatever, and then oh he gets in God. his sled thing and You're with poor right. overworked Rudolph and just <laughs> goes to the other side of the... Like, I think Santa <laughs> could benefit <laughs> from better, like, product management. Like, better, just, like, a little, like, more optimized supply chain route <laughs> efficiency. I don't know. I'm just saying business maybe, school terms. Maybe those other houses had children who were naughty. So they were oh no, so, but no, they they get coal if they're yeah oh, yeah so right oh maybe the parents are supposed to leave the coal or maybe the naughty. coal's just already in the fireplace where the cookies are. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, maybe you should. I mean, maybe Santa. that's why Rudolph is so overworked because they're not doing it right. <laughs> 
I think you should contact Santa and tell him, hey, if you need somebody to just run your show, yeah. I'm your girl. I will come up with a more efficient route for you. Like, you're not doing it right. Like, this isn't... This is not the way to do it, babe. Like you climate to... change is real, yeah. Santa. <laughs> it's twenty twenty one. Let's get with the times, really. Ah, <laughs> oh, Rogine, this has been a delight. Oh my gosh, thank you so so much. I had a blast. Like I said, my face hurts from laughing. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. Maybe share it with someone who wants to know more about Rudolph or someone who wants to know more about Persian traditions or someone who's interested in race issues because we <laughs> somehow have hit Covered all of these everything. <laughs> Um, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, uh, leave a review if you want or don't, whatever. But honestly, if you want to get me a Christmas gift, just share this episode with people. Love you guys.